to close your mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellett. What kind of body composition do you imagine when you think of NFL players? Are they tall and lean? What does a quarterback or receiver look like compared to an offensive lineman? If you were to picture a lineman, what kind of body type would he have? In 2016, starting NFL linemen combined for a whopping 50,000 pounds. Now that linemen are larger and the game is more aggressive, the last thing you'd assume an NFL offensive lineman would be doing is signing with IMG and modeling in the offseason. And yet, this week's guest exists. John Toth is a University of Kentucky graduate in mechanical engineering who decided that his unconventional path involved stops in the NFL and Brooklyn, New York to model for the likes of Ralph Lauren and Vineyard Vines, among others. At 6'5", Toth was a standout of Kentucky, starting at center every single game of his Wildcat career. I mean, initially when I got to the University of Kentucky, it wasn't about like, <laughs> I'm going <clears> to... <throat> I'm going to go to the NFL. It was like, okay, I'm a redshirt freshman. How do I get on the field? And so it was very methodical. I think that didn't really enter my mind until, I mean, it's always like in the back of your mind as like a possibility and like as a hope and a dream. But uh, I don't think that really became like the thing I worked towards uh, exclusively until probably my junior year where I was like, oh, okay, this could be a reality. Um, let's start focusing more and progressing more on this aspect. Toth's first experience with sports psychology was a partnership between UK and Headspace, an app used by US soccer and the NBA that focuses on mindfulness and meditation. Yeah, well, we actually had a sports psychologist on staff. His name was Ben. He was a, an English guy, really great guy, who we're actually still friends today. Haven't talked to him in a while, but um, we're still still buds. He kind of took me under his wing <clears throat> and, you know, just kind of we had a good relationship and just kind of talked to him every now and then. And he helped me kind of develop as a player and a person. Um, but also when the, so when I got to University of Kentucky, I was uh, recruited by Joker Phillips and his staff and my redshirt year, they ended up getting fired at the end of the year. And that's when Mark Stoops, the current coach came in and kind of revamped the uh, program he brought in, which at the time was a new role, especially in college athletics, was a director of high performance. And his name was Eric Corum. And then he partnered with Headspace, who was a, at the time, a relatively new company. And they did kind of a study, I guess, on us in the football program. I'm not sure if they used other sports as well, but gave us free access to the app in return for like data and stuff. But so that was really my introduction to mindfulness and kind of how that all worked and contributed to helping someone understand themselves and kind of understand how they were um, reacting to certain situations. So I've always found that headspace to be really valuable and, and have been trying to incorporate that more recently into my daily schedule. Toth says that the quote lineman mentality 
fits him well because he's not extrinsically motivated by the fame and popularity that the household name players achieve. The lineman mentality is really just, <laughs> a lot of it is lineman is kind of a unique position where, especially offensive linemen, where besides everyone besides the center, you never touch the football. So it's like you're, you're really used to just putting in your work and not expecting a whole lot of, I guess, gratitude or praise for it. Um, it's one of those positions where <clears throat> you're outside of your room. There's really not a lot of acknowledgement in, in terms of like your success. Um, really the only acknowledgement you usually get is when you don't have success and it's like a negative thing where if you like give up a sack or do something wrong, you it's kind of pointed out and it's not, I guess, intended to be in a bad way, but it's just like, that's just kind of the nature of the position where it's like, you're used to working hard and not expecting a whole lot of praise from people outside of your offensive line room and your coach. And so I think how that translates to real life, it, it really kind of gives you a leg up, honestly, because you're not seeking the approval from people on the outside. He always viewed the professional league as a dream, but it wasn't until the senior bowl that he realized he could go to the NFL and make a name for himself. Then, at the most inopportune time, he felt his goals being derailed. So my senior year, I'd kind of had like a bulging disc in my back, but had gotten an epidural to kind of like take care of the inflammation and like allow me to play through the season. And then just through my training for, so I went to the senior bowl, which is kind of like an exhibition game for seniors coming out to like go to the NFL. And so I'd been training for that and then training for the combine, which is after that. And just the way I trained, I knew I wasn't supposed to be doing certain things, but did them anyway. Um, in terms of like lifting, just because I felt like, you know, I needed it in order to um, perform well at the combine and I think just doing that and just the wear and tear that I had kind of built up over the years playing football and, you know, maybe the patterns of me, just my patterns of like lifting and how I moved all just kind of added up in this unfortunate time where it all kind of came to a head and, you know, I ended up, uh, herniating a disc in my back two weeks before the draft. So I'd gone through this whole process and like, it's not like my back was like perfect before the combine or all that, or, or anything like that. Like my back still, I was in pain, but like kind of played through it, I guess. Um, in the hopes that like, I could just get myself to a point where, you know, I could get obviously go to the draft and be drafted and then obviously fix things as, as I could, but it was kind of one of those things where I didn't necessarily know how to fix like these patterns that you develop as a, as an athlete, just moving a certain way and like how to correct things. But 
you know, through this journey of like injuring my back and stuff, I've kind of learned how to better manage and like correct yourself and work on things that like won't necessarily be covered or that you won't do in like a training program to prepare yourself for the combine necessarily. Like certain things you just have to do on your own and learn on your own and uh, kind of tailor programs to how you move as an athlete. So it's kind of a long answer. (laughs) After he went undrafted, Toth had to reevaluate what he wanted to do with his life. It was unfortunate to, to work hard and really dedicate all that time and then to get injured and it really impact not only where and when I was drafted and I wasn't drafted because of it and then to have it affect my career so much just in terms of like the opportunities I was afforded and whatnot after that. He elected to get surgery on his back in hopes that coupled with his collegiate stats, the NFL would still find a way to honor his on-field contributions. Fortunately, free agency treated him well. I got surgery in May of uh, 2017 because like my back was to the point where like my whole leg was numb and like I couldn't walk. I mean, I could, I could walk, I couldn't run, but like I couldn't like press off my toe of my left foot. So it was like bad enough to the point where I was like, okay, like this isn't going away on its own. Like I'm going to have to get surgery and it's going to be at least a six month recovery because I mean, nerves don't just regenerate overnight. So I think November of 2017, I signed to the practice squad of the Philadelphia Eagles. Like they, the moment that my agent like kind of put out the call of like, Hey, like John Toth, remember him? He's healthy now. Like several teams contacted him and were like, one team was like, Hey, we want to fly him out for the workout, blah, blah, blah. And then the Eagles were like, we just need someone. Can we sign him? So I flew out there and signed on their practice squad um, and played center there. And that was kind of my first opportunity in the NFL. His NFL career bounced from stints with the Eagles to the Jets, to the Browns, and then the Lions. Right before COVID hit, he was playing center for the XFL's DC Defenders. To be a guy who's just floating around the league is, I mean, it's very stressful. It's kind of like being a model in a sense. It's like you don't know where the next opportunity is going to come from, when it's going to come. So it's definitely, uh, it's a very, um, I guess you'd say, unsteady where you just you don't know when the next opportunity is going to come and (laughs) that's kind of why i've decided to to explore other things and kind of broaden my horizons because i'm like i don't want to just be out here waiting for an opportunity um forever you know and there's no guarantee that one's going to come along so i'm like why sit around and wait for something to happen when you can um, do something about it. During his time on the Jets, his girlfriend, a fashion stylist, hooked him up with the IMG casting department. Due to my size, there's no, there was no like gray area in terms of like, you know, you're not going to be a big and tall model or like a brawn model is what they call it in the industry. Um, 
it's like the nice term for like big and tall. Um, so there was never really any gray area on either side in terms of what I was going to be doing and like that I was a part of this. I mean, it's for the guys, it's a relatively new um, market. So there like a lot of brands are just exploring creating these different sizes for for men of our stature. So uh, it's definitely on the come up. He then had to find a way to manage two elite functioning full-time jobs. But Toth's ability to multitask was not always well received. I did not end up signing with IMG until like the late summer, like July of 2019. And, you know, football camps start in like late July and August. So I only had the opportunity to do one job before I was kind of like in football mode. For the position I was in with teams, it was kind of like, I felt it was almost looked down upon where it was like, you know, they see that you're doing stuff outside of football and like, you're not exactly the star on the team. So it's, it's, they could kind of question your um, commitment to the team and organization. So I, it wasn't something I like started conversations off with. If somebody asked me about it, I would, you know, talk about it, but it wasn't something I would go into a conversation with like a coach or somebody else about. Toth worked hard to distinguish his identity as whomever he needed to be in that moment. So as not to leave doubt in his coach's minds about where his commitment lie. I think with younger guys, especially newer, like newer guys, rookies, it's really frowned upon to be doing something outside of football uh, just because like I've been saying coaches, coaches and people, <clears throat> certain people within the organization kind of see it as lack of commitment and dedication to the organization and the team, especially if you're, uh, you know, in an important position, I mean, just imagine Patrick Mahomes, if he's, uh, was a rookie on the team and was doing stuff outside in a significant way, like it would definitely create a bad, a bad public image of, um, himself. And I guess people would call into question his commitment to the team, you know, but now that he's making, um, a significant amount of money and has kind of established himself, the story and narrative is kind of different. So I think there is a kind of difference between where you are in your career and how much leeway you get with endeavors outside of football. Coaches definitely find it funny, especially um, the offensive line coaches, because, you know, you don't exactly look at an offensive lineman and think, oh yeah, he's looks good enough on camera to to be a model you know <laughs> so i most of them thought it was funny and you know joked about it one of the things that toth wants to use his platform to advocate for is the discrepancy in brawn fashion he says that the perfect example of that need happens in nfl locker rooms where the majority of his teammates are wearing quote athleisure brands like nike under armor and gap there's definitely a lot of interesting style choices that you see in a locker room, especially by, I mean, linemen typically because they're, you know, larger in stature, 
there's not a whole lot of brands that these guys are willing to like go and do research on their own to find out like, Oh, do they have like one or two pieces of clothing in my size? They, they have the brands that they stick to, which are typically like the athleisure brands or like a gap or Carhartt, like work type clothing. Um, so I would say that's typically what you see in a locker room for the most part. Toth is proud of how the brawn industry has grown, and he's excited to get to be at the forefront of combating fat phobia in the fashion industry. When I was younger and trying to find clothes, like it was just hard to find clothes as a big guy. So I think it's great that there's going to be more access to, to clothing that fits large men and looks good on them. So it's definitely an honor and a privilege to, to help kind of be a part of that. It's a newer market. And when I joined IMG in 2019, I was like, a lot of modeling agencies didn't even have that sort of representation for guys my size. There were like two, two agencies doing it. And there were like 10 guys probably in the whole industry that were doing it professionally, maybe like half of them full time where like they could pay the bills consistently. And I think there definitely needs to be more representation for the big guys, especially, you know, in these high fashion brands where it's like guys want to buy this stuff, but for whatever reason, these brands aren't marketing to them and they're not, the clothes don't fit well. So, you know, I think the, the standard for modeling and clothing can be broadened to, you know, guys of larger stature like myself. And I would love to um, help market this stuff with these, with these brands. Like I said, I was, I'm doing a, I'm going to a, to a casting for Ralph Lauren. Like that's huge. There aren't a lot of, they don't shoot a lot of big um, men. So I think that could be big. Toth prioritizes his diet and exercise in the NFL offseason, continuing to work out five days a week, but admits that the perfect balance, which caters to his football career and his modeling persona, is difficult. I mean, I would definitely say my caloric intake goes down compared to like during the season, just because the the demand on the body is a little less. And I mean, obviously I want to look how I feel I should look in clothes. <laughs> um, so there definitely is a kind of give and take with caloric intake. So where I'm trying to still provide my body with the nutrients it needs to to be physically fit and strong, but also, you know, look good. Now that he's firmly planted in free agency, at least for the time being, he's taken a step back in hopes of filling yet another industry void, financial management for elite athletes. His engineering curriculum had a predominant focus on math, and he found that the lines between math, football, and the lack of formal wealth management for elite athletes became the perfect place to make his mark. It's definitely a big thing. Like, you hear stories sometimes of guys who blow through all their money. It may not be like five years into or after the league. It could be like 20, 30 years down the line where, you know, just for whatever reason, 
the reasons vary. They kind of exhaust all their money and are out in the street or, you know, it's just not an ideal situation. So I think there's a big need still for quality wealth and financial management in the NFL and around with sports players. A fair amount of guys who make it to the league, you know, they've, their parents have struggled to like make, make ends meet for them and get them as the player to where they are today and have been their number one fans. So it's like, as a guy who finally gets that first paycheck and it's money you've never seen before, it's like, it's like the least you feel like you could do to, for somebody who's been there, you know, your whole life and kind of being your cheerleader. So yeah, I can understand the sentiment for sure. And um, yeah, so I think it's obviously <laughs> dependent on one's financial situation, but you know, you can't just blanket statement say that it's a bad thing to do. Toth is currently a CFA level one candidate and is anxiously looking forward to helping athletes better plan for their futures. You can better plan for your future by subscribing to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow at Closer Mental on Instagram and Twitter. This way you'll stay up to date on new podcast episodes, upcoming guests, and full-length interviews. Thanks for listening to the 10th episode of Closer Mentality. I'm your host, Julia Mellett. If you have an idea for an episode or would like to tell your story, send us a direct message. Tune in next Wednesday when I bring on Matt Rieger to talk about athletic training and sports psychology in youth sports. See you next week.